Welcome to Stories of Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood here on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe where the broken can be redeemed. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Terra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of it as an audiobook of League, Stories, and Lore. This week's story is Riven, the Exile. And I guess now I need to do my terrible impression. A warrior's blade reflects the truth of their heart. Mine is black and broken. Once a swordmaster in the war hosts of Noxus, Riven rose through the ranks on the strength of her conviction and brutal efficiency and was rewarded with a legendary runic blade and a warband of her own. However, on the Ionian front, Riven's faith in her nation was tested and ultimately broken. She severed all ties to the Empire, seeking to find her place in a shattered world, even as rumors abounded that Noxus had been reforged. Now, forced to return in chains, she faces the judgment of her former homeland. Thanks for tuning in again here to Stories of Runeterra. Appreciate all y'all that jump in. I think at this point there's like 300 of you, if not more. So, wow, super cool. Um, I am back in the routine of teaching school. The school I teach at is back in uh, back in session, so I'm not going to be able to do a ton of the post-editing and the longer episodes unless there's maybe a break or something like that. So I hope you still enjoyed the one-off stories. If you really like the podcast, uh, despite all that and whatnot, go ahead and share it with your friends. Tell them about it. I love to expand our little, little group of folks here that listen. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if there's a champ that you would like me to record the, um, stuff for you know what I'm talking about, then go ahead and hit me up at stories of Runeterra podcast at gmail.com. And you can hit me up on Instagram at Ravenhood. And I am in the process of editing our really fun miniseries we recorded over the summer, the live play. Uh, that's just, that's still in the works. I got a lot on my plate as a daddy of two, a uh, husband and other stuff. So anyway, appreciate you guys listening. And here we go. Built on perpetual conflict, Noxus has never had a shortage of war orphans. Her father lost to an unnamed battle and her mother to the girl's own stubborn birth. Riven was raised on a farm run by the Empire on a rocky hillside of Travail. Physical strength and ferocity will keep the children alive and working on the hard scrap of land, but Riven hungered for more than simply bread on the table. She watched conscriptors from regional warbands visiting the farms year after year, and in them, she saw a chance at the life she dreamed of. When she finally pledged the Empire her strength, she knew Noxus would embrace her as the daughter she longed to be. Riven proved a natural soldier. Young as she was, her years of hard labor allowed her to quickly master the weight of a longsword taller than herself. Her new family was forged in the heat of battle, and Riven saw her bond to her brothers and sisters in arms as unbreakable. So exceptional was her dedication to the Empire 
that Borum Darkwill himself recognized her with a runic blade of dark metal enchanted by a pale sorceress within his court. The weapon was heavier than a kite shield and nearly as broad, perfectly suited to Riven's tastes. Not long after, the war hosts set sail for Ionia as part of the long-planned Noxian invasion. As this new war dragged on, it became clear that Ionia would not kneel. Riven's unit was assigned to escort another warband making its way through the embattled province of Navori. The warband's leader, Imistan, had employed a Zaunite alchemist eager to test a new kind of weapon. Across countless campaigns, Riven would gladly have given her life for Noxus, but now she saw something awry in these other soldiers, something that made her deeply uncomfortable. The fragile amphora they carried on their wagons had no purpose, and on any battlefield she could imagine. The two warbands met increasingly fierce resistance, as if even the land itself sought to defy them. During a heavy rainstorm, with mud pouring down the hillsides, Riven and her warriors were stranded with the deadly cargo, and it was then that the Ionian fighters revealed themselves. Seeing the danger, Riven called to Imistan for support. The only answer she received was a flaming arrow, fired out of the ridgeline, and Riven understood this was no longer a war to expand the borders of Noxus. It was to be a complete annihilation of the enemy, no matter the cost. The wagon was hit straight on. Instinctively, Riven drew out her sword, but it was too late to protect anyone but herself. Chemical fire burst from the ruptured containers, and screams filled the night, both Ionian and Noxian falling victim to an agonizing, gruesome death. Shielded from the scorching, poisonous mists by the magic of her blade, she bore unwilling witness to scenes of horror and betrayal that would haunt her forever. For Riven, memories of the hours that followed come only in fragments and nightmares. She bound her wounds, she mourned the dead, but most of all she came to hate the sword that saved her life. The words carved into its surface mocked her reminding her of all she had lost. She would find a way to break it, severing her last tide in Noxus before dawn. But when the blade was finally shattered, she found no peace. Stripped of the faith and conviction that had bolstered her entire life, Riven chose to exile herself, wandering Ionia's battle-scarred landscape. When she finally returned to the village where she had broken the sword, it was revealed that her self-destructive needs had cost the life of their most revered elder, and yet Ionia embraced her with forgiveness. Noxus was not nearly so merciful. Although the Empire had long since withdrawn from the First Lands, it had not forgotten about Riven or her runic blade. After fighting fiercely against those sent to bring her to justice, she refused to let any more Ionian blood be shed on her account, and surrendered herself to the charges of desertion leveled against her. As she returns to Noxus in chains, Riven remains haunted. Though Darkwill is no more, and the Empire is rumored to have evolved, 
she is uncertain what will become of her or whether she will ever be made whole again. And today's story is entitled Seams and Scars, and it's written by Dana Lurie Shaw. Hope I said that right. Correct me if I'm wrong. How came you to Ionia, friend? Muramat tried to keep her voice light. She'd never felt uncomfortable sharing a campfire with other travelers along the road to the markets before. This, however, marked her first time sitting across the flames from a Noxian, one with an enormous weapon sheathed across her back. How many Ionian lives has that blade claimed? She wondered. The white-haired woman glanced at her father before swallowing a mouthful of charred peppers and rice, then cast her eyes down at her plate. I was born in Noxus, she said, her accent thick but her tonality nearly flawless. I have not been back since the war, and I do not plan to return. The Noxian's father, Asa Conte, smiled and placed his hand on her shoulder. This is her home now he said with finality. Muramat had invited Asa to make camp with her before, and she had spotted the Noxian asleep in the back of his cart. He had introduced her as his daughter, Riven, in this same tone, with his chin jutting forward in a preemptive defense. Muramat hadn't pushed back against the strange old man's declaration then, but that hadn't meant his daughter was beyond scrutiny. You have not answered my question, Muramat pressed, the chimes of her mender's necklace clinking together as she poured herself a cup of tea. What brought you to our shores, Riven? Riven tightly gripped her plate, tension rippling through her shoulders. I fought in the war. A simple statement, laden with sorrow, curious to hear regret from a Noxie. Why... Why did you stay? Muramat asked. Why would anyone stay in a place where they and their people have caused so much pain, so much destruction? Crack! The plate had broken in half in Riven's white-knuckled grip, her charred peppers and rice falling to the ground. And with a gasp, she dropped the plate shards before bowing ruefully. My deepest apologies, she mumbled as she rose. I, I, I'll pay for this plate, and, and then, then we'll leave you to your evening. I didn't, I didn't mean to intrude. But Muramat wasn't listening. Instead, she cradled the broken plate in her hands and held the shards to her ear, humming softly. Slowly, she adjusted her pitch, calling to the spirit within the clay. The back of her skull tingled when she hit the right note, and as the spirit reverberated with her hum, holding the note, Muramat lifted her necklace and flicked its chimes across until she found the one that joined her and the spirit in song. She stared at the chime in the firelight. Each one had been inscribed with a symbol that identified how to mend a resonant spirit. This symbol was for smoke, a single line with a curve that became more pronounced toward the end. 
Muramat lifted the shards above the fire to bathe them in smoke. It took only moments before they knitted back together, with only a few coal-colored seams and ridges to show that the plate had ever been broken. I am Aminda, she said as she held the pottery out to a wide-eyed Riven. No need to replace anything. Riven took the plate and examined it. How does it work? She asked, running a finger down the thick black seam. Everything has a spirit. Everything wants to be whole. I ask them what they need to mend and give it to them. It leaves scars, Riven sighed. Scars are a sign of healing. The plate will never be seamless again, but but it is whole and it is strong. I'd even say it is more beautiful like this. Riven considered the plate in silence. I'm still here, she said after a moment. Because I've caused so much pain and so much destruction. I stay to atone. Muramat nodded somberly. Clearly Riven's scars, though invisible, ran deep. Perhaps this Noxian was different than the others. But then Muramat's eyes fell to the hilt of Riven's massive weapon. A tool for cutting, not mending. How different can she really be? Muramat woke bleary-eyed to a loud thump against the side of her cavern. Bandits. Riven had insisted on keeping watch through the night. Muramat remembered as she had grabbed her heaviest kettle. But the mender was experienced in dealing with robbers and could always hold her own in a fight. When she opened the door, however, she saw that Riven would not need her help after all. One of the intruders lay crumpled at the foot of the caravan. By the fire stood Riven, surrounded by three hulking bandits. She held the enormous hilt, and Muramat was surprised to see only a broken blade attached to the end. Yet, the weapon was still formidable. It seemed to pulse in Riven's hands as she waited for the others to advance. Muramat's stomach turned to see that blade not relishing the sight of Anoxian spilling more Ionian blood. But then she watched. The bandits rushed at Riven, yelling incoherently, but she took a single step forward and repulsed them with a burst of energy from her blade. They dropped their weapons and then scrambled to find them in the dark. Riven could have cut them all down, Muramet realized, but she didn't. Instead, she raised her sword, which began to glow an eerie green. The magic from the weapon blasted outward and repelled one of the bandits as soon as it touched him. He fell to the ground in a catatonic daze. By this point, the others were on their feet, weapons in hand. Riven brought her arm back, and glowing pieces of metal raced toward the Noxian from the cart. The shards formed around the blade, making it look almost whole, though there were still gaps between the pieces, and the bandits rushed at her again. Or so they tried. Riven whipped the blade in front of her and blew them back against the caravan with a sudden gust of wind, knocking them all unconscious. A bloodless victory. Muramat stepped gingerly over the defeated bandits. What what will you do what will you do with them? She asked Riven, who had barely broken a sweat. Riven shrugged, letting the shards of her sword drop to the ground. Uh I'll just tie them to a tree until morning. Muramat stared at the remnant 
of the blade. It didn't seem as threatening anymore, now that she had seen how Riven wielded it. Could I... Could I see your weapon? Riven frowned and took a step back. Why? You don't need to hand it to me. Just hold it up. Warily, Riven raised the blade. Muramet closed her eyes and hummed. What are, you, what are you doing? Riven asked in alarm, just as Muramet found the right pitch. A pair of eyes searching. Three hunters, hearts filled with hate, thoughts of revenge, burning, everything burning. Muramet didn't realize she had fallen until she felt Riven shake her. Are, are you all right? So, uh, someone, Muramet whispered, her throat dry. Someone is, is searching for this blade. For you. Riven blanched, but her eyes revealed nothing of her thoughts. Oh, what did you do, Muramet? She asked in a low whisper. I was, I was wrong to question you. I wanted to offer my apologies by mending your sword. No. The intensity of the word took Muramat by surprise. If you truly want to thank me, you will never fix this blade. <laughs> Riven chuckled. The one thing I would want you to fix, but you can't. But... Uh, thank you for the offer. She sighed, exhausted and collected up the shards of her sword. You should go back to sleep if you want to get to the marketplace by early tomorrow. Mudamet nodded and slowly made her way to her caravan. When she looked back, Riven was at the fire, sitting and watching the night. Not for the first time, Mudamet wished she knew how to mend people. Thanks for listening to Stories of Runeterra. This story is filled with so much wonderful things to consider on. Like, there's the um, the wonderful, like, call out to what's called Kintsugi, which is this actual practice that is in, I'll say, Japanese culture, where if you have a broken bowl or piece of porcelain, you remake it with gold. I really love the creative spin on that and the like deep internal truths of that for us. Like when we run into something awful and terrible in our lives that does break us, the way we reforge ourselves from that brokenness and that difficulty can make us more beautiful, strong, uh, and whole than we were before. So, so much wonderful things to think about. How are we letting the difficulties in our own lives make us not just stronger? So it's not about like, I have more power and I can defeat. It's like what Riven did is she changed. How can the reforging of our own brokenness change us into something more noble and more good and beautiful and true? So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If there's any champions that you would like me to record... I hope that you reach out to me at storiesofrunterrapodcast at gmail.com. 
or hit me up on Instagram. Or reply to this if you're listening in Spotify, because there'll be the little question, who should I do next, at the bottom. So thanks again, and I'll catch you on the flip side.